Hello, my name is Donnie Smith, and I'm the pastor here at Ascension Christian Center in Apopka, Florida. I hope this message changes, impacts, and challenges you in your relationship with Jesus Christ. If you enjoy the message, you can connect with us on our website, Facebook, or Instagram at Ascension Christian Center. Thank you, and enjoy. Chapter 17, verse 11 through 19. I'll be reading out of the New King James Version. And it says this, and it will be up on the screen for your reading. It says, now it happened as he, meaning Jesus, went out to Jerusalem. He passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. Then as he entered a certain village, there met him 10 men who were lepers. Everybody say lepers. And they stood afar off. And they lifted up their voice and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And so when he saw them, Jesus said to them, go show yourself to the priests. And so it was. As they went, everybody say, as they went. As they went, they they were cleansed. But one of them, when he saw that he was healed, returned And with a loud voice, he glorified God and he fell down on his face, giving Jesus thanks. And he was a Samaritan. And so Jesus answered and said, where were there not 10 cleansed? But where are the nine? Were there not any found who returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? And he said to him, arise. Go your way. Your faith has made you well. Before I dissect this scripture, I would like to read something to you. And it says this. The longer I live, I realize how thankful you are hinges on your perspective. The person who tends to be a pessimist will always, and I mean always, see the glass half empty. The person who is an optimist will always see the glass half full. And we all have reasons and excuses to see the glass in our life half full or half empty. We all have things in our life to be thankful for, while at the same time we all have things in our lives that we are not so thankful for. And if we could, we would change it. Come on, somebody say amen to that. The danger of the pessimistic approach is this, that no matter how many blessings he or she has, the blessings are always overshadowed by things that are not going the way that we want them. This person cannot truly be thankful because the glass is always half empty. Everybody say half empty. They have a job, but not paid enough. They have a spouse, but they wish that spouse would change. They have a roof over their head, but it's not in the neighborhood that they want. Amen? They have a car, but they wish they had a new one. They have clothes on their back, but they want a new wardrobe. They have kids 
but wish those kids would get better grades. All the parents of teenagers should say amen to that. They have a church, but wishes the pastor had a style that suited them better. If you can't tell already, I wrote this. The optimists, on the other hand, they see the glass half full. They're not oblivious to the fact that they have things in their life that are not going well. They just choose to count their blessings and refuse to allow a few negative things to rob them of having a thankful heart for the many, many blessings that God has bestowed. They may not have the best paying job, but at least they have one. They may not have the perfect spouse, but at least they have someone to go home to at night. They may not live in the greatest neighborhood, but at least they have a home to go home to. They may not have the best car, but at least they have transportation to get to work, at least most of the time. They may not have the best name brand clothing, but at least they have clothes on their back. They may not have kids that get the best grades, grades excuse me, or behave the best, but at least they have healthy and strong children. May not go to the best church with all the bells and whistles, but at least it's a church that loves Jesus and simply wants to do and be a part of God's perfect will. This Thanksgiving, choose to see your glass half full. Everybody say half full. Half full. Choose to be thankful for what God has and is blessing you with. The thankful person reaps always in two areas. Number one, they will have a deep abiding sense of joy and contentment that comes from having a thankful heart. And number two, they will have continued outpouring of God's blessings from a heavenly father who appreciates his children who simply are thankful for what they have instead of being unthankful for what they don't have. 1 Thessalonians 5 verse 18 says this, In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Can somebody say amen to that? Amen. Now back to this leper story, you're probably thinking, how in the world is this preacher going to tie a story about a few lepers with a thanksgiving you know, letter. If you give me just a minute, I'd like to lay it out, and I believe today is going to bless you. It has everything to do with it. You know what I am tired of? I've been going to church for almost two decades straight, and I can almost count during Christmas time and Thanksgiving, I can pretty much count on what I'm going to hear that preacher or that minister talk about. Oftentimes, you know, my flesh is like I wake up, you know, Thanksgiving morning before I started pastoring a church. And I'm like, I already know kind of what they're going to say. Have a thankful heart. God will bless you more and yada, yada, and on and on, right? We kind of have that thing. Does anybody feel like that besides me or am I the only one on the island by myself? <laughs> I see some people pointing at me like, preach. Well, I'd like to identify some things in this story that have everything to do with being thankful to the Lord but I believe it's practical application to our personal lives. And I believe if you will allow the seed that I'm about to sow into your hearts this morning to fall on good ground, I believe it will not only bless you, but I believe it will draw you closer to Jesus, closer to God the Father, closer to the Holy Spirit in your personal lives. Amen? So back to this leper story. You're probably thinking, like I was kind of thinking when I looked at this scripture, what in the world does a scripture about 10 lepers have to do with having a thankful heart? Well, the story draws the perfect picture 
And let me draw for you. First, I'd like to underline the fact that these lepers first obeyed before they received God's blessing in their life. You say, preacher, how did they obey? Everybody say obedience. There was obedience. Read this. Maybe you can put it back up on the screen for me. The verse that says, and so it was as they went, they were cleansed. As they went, they were cleansed. Meeting before they went, they weren't cleansed. Before they obeyed, they didn't get the miracle. There's something, there's something in the fact that when you obey, it activates the miracle working power of God in your life. You know why I believe that most people are bound today? It's not because God's miracle working power isn't at work. Is we haven't simply obeyed in the smallest of things first. Because there's always an if attached to the blessing, to the miracle in your life. Everybody say if. If my people, which are called by my name, would humble themselves and pray, then I would hear from heaven and I would turn and I would heal their land. If my people would repent, if my people would turn, if my people would obey. So it says, so as they went, they were cleansed. And so oftentimes we won't receive our miracle or put our miracle in motion until we take the first step of obedience in our relationship with Christ. Amen? Amen. There are two groups of people in this room today, this morning. The first person is like one of the lepers. They need to first take that step of obedience if they're going to see God put that miracle in motion. That second person is the person who has obeyed God but needs to keep putting one foot in front of the other before they see that miracle come to pass. Because the Bible says, as they went, they were healed. And I don't know if you know about leprosy, but back then there was no cure to leprosy. Their fingers would begin to fall off. Their ears and appendages, things on their body would begin to fall off. They were completely ostracized from the community. People didn't want to be around them. As a matter of fact, if someone were to see a leper from afar off, that leper was supposed to yell out, unclean, unclean, so that they would stay away from you so that they would too, they would not contract the disease themselves. So the Bible says, as they went, they were healed. You know what I often, well, I used to struggle with much, and sometimes I still do struggle with this, is that God promises you something and you think it's going to happen tomorrow. He promises you a spouse, and you think that Boaz is going to knock on your door tomorrow. He promises you when you take the act of faith to establish a 501c3 that all the people are going to start showing up. He promises you that he's going to bless your business and cause you to be a lender and not a borrower, and then you go to establish that business, and nothing seems to happen. But the Bible says that little steps of obedience... Put the miracle in motion. So the Bible doesn't even say when they took the first step, the miracle working power hit them. It says as they went. So one of his fingers was falling off, but when he took that first step, his finger came back. Second step, his ear came back, and the body began to develop and and return to its normal state, not through the first step, but through little steps. 
One, two, three. He was healing as he was walking. And that's some of you this morning. I feel the word of the Lord for somebody in this place this morning. You may not see the miracle today, but here's the word of the Lord. Keep putting one foot in front of the other in obedience to what God told you the last time, and you will see the miracle eventually. The Bible says that through time and patience, through faith and patience, they inherit the promise. We don't talk about patience anymore. I know I'm only 35 years old, but I got one of them old souls, and I'm talking to my young generation right now. It's like Pitcher Smith Wigglesworth talking to you who's 80. We too often think that God is a microwave God just because he said it doesn't mean it's going to happen right away. Sometimes you got to pray for it. Sometimes you got to labor for it. Come on, young people. Sometimes you have to work for it. But let me tell you something. When you decide to work in obedience to what God said, step by step, that thing that he promised you will surely come to pass. Though it may tarry, it will surely come to pass. I wish I had somebody to agree with me and get excited that God is still faithful to his promises. He's still faithful in answering prayers. He's still faithful to fulfill his end of the bargain. Amen? Glory to God. Secondly, the one leper was so thankful. Everybody say the one. He was so thankful that he returned to give thanks. Everybody say returned. Read this with me. It says, and so it was that as they went, they were cleansed, as I just mentioned. And one of them, when he saw he was healed, returned. Everybody say returned. He returned with a loud voice and glorified God and fell down on his face, giving him thanks. I thought about this this morning. I was up around 4 a.m. I was reading this verse of scripture. And you can't just read the Bible. You have to read the Bible. I literally will stare at certain scriptures or verses for hours. Throughout the day, I'm reading it over and over like, Lord, what are you saying in this? And here's what I felt the Holy Spirit say to me. The leper, the one leper didn't return because Jesus made his life perfect. Far from it. A leper's life was hard. Does everybody know that? This person was ostracized. His body parts were falling apart. So it's not necessarily just the issues he was experiencing in his body. He had been ostracized from his family. There were still certain things in his life that wasn't healed but he was given thanks for what was. All too often, we look at that glass, and that's why, that's why I read that this morning, this little letter that I wrote you guys that I wrote two years ago, is too oftentimes we think just because everything is not going right in our lives because our 10 things on our prayer list and wish list are not checked off by God, that God is not good. God is still good. So what he, he, got, he got the revelation. Let me give God thanks for the things that are going right in my life. Come on, all of us have issues going on in our life. All of us have problems. All of us have family issues. Some people are sick in their body. Listen, you may not be perfectly healed, and maybe God has promised you that, but thank him for what is healed in your life. Maybe your children are healed. Maybe your husband is healed and whole. Maybe, maybe, maybe you can just simply give him thanks because you have a roof over your head. All I know is the scripture says, a thankful heart prepares the way of the Lord. In other words, when I give him thanks for what is right in my life, it inspires Jesus to do more in my life. Come on, how many want Jesus to do more in their lives? Hallelujah. I oftentimes wonder why 
God didn't intervene in my life sooner. I in no way want this message to sound like if you do all the right things, your life will go perfectly because it will not. Let me balance my theology here for you. As a matter of fact, Jesus even said it. Take up your cross daily and follow after me, meaning there are burdens that you will carry that the Lord will allow, but there are certain burdens that are not from the Lord. Amen? Somebody say, I only want to carry the cross I'm supposed to. Your spouse should not be your cross. I don't believe sickness should be your cross. That is the result of living in a fallen world. When we lose a loved one, that is a result. That's not a cross that God wants you to bury. It's a result of living on this side of heaven. Sickness is a result of living on this side of heaven. But let me tell you something. People are like, why doesn't everybody get healed? Listen, you know why I pray? I pray hard. It doesn't matter if 1% gets healed. It's not going to keep me from praying fervently and standing in the gap for that person. Because what if you are not fervent? What if you are not prayerful? Then that one person doesn't get the benefit of experiencing the healing power of God. Amen. Amen? And so I've often wondered why God took so long to intervene in my life. Well, you're like, you're 35 years old. He didn't take too long. For those of you who don't know me, uh, for 20 years of my life, I couldn't afford to sleep on a mattress. Just that, that first, those first young teen years, I was out of the house by 15 years old. I didn't run away. My mom couldn't handle me. I was a heathen to the third degree on the streets, drug dealing and all the rest and just living my life. And she was living hers and got remarried. And I often wondered why I'm just now in this stage of my life after serving the Lord for 18 years, just these past couple years, I really begin to see God work. That first almost 20 years, I slept on a, a pallet on the floor, couldn't even afford a bed. Now, don't ask me what I paid for my mattress now, but hallelujah. Praise the Lord. And no, it wasn't the church's money. Somebody should say amen to that. But I often wondered, why did you take so long, Lord? These lepers were grown men. Can you imagine? God, why didn't you do it sooner? It's all found in this one leper how thankful he was. I believe that God allowed this extended period of time in his life of ostracism, of allowing his body to continue to decay so that when he did decide to do the healing in that man's life, that man wouldn't forget. He allowed him to go astray. He allowed this body to decay. And that's sometimes why God allows extended period times in the believer's life where he doesn't intervene. Because if he intervenes too soon, you will forget. You will forget who brought you out. And so oftentimes God will allow extended period of time where God seems to be silent and absent from your life. All the while, he's working things in the background, putting things together, allowing the testing of time to take its place so that when he does do the miracle, when he does do the healing in that leprous area of your life, whatever it is, a marriage, it could be finances, it could be anything he wants to get the credit. And guess what? This guy returned because he knew that only God himself could have done it. And I often ask myself, why did you wait so long, Lord? He said, Donnie, when I did it, 
I didn't want the blessings to blind you because you would forget me. So God will sometimes allow extended periods of time where he doesn't intervene so that when he does do it, he ultimately gets the credit. How many want to give God the credit this morning? Amen. The story of the leper reminds me of so many people I get a chance to run across. Recently, I may have told you this story, but forgive me for being laborious. A friend of mine used to work with me. Great guy. He was wanting to know how to get his business off the ground, and so I gave him some pointers, and he used some of the strategies I offered to him, and it has begun to really work and take off. In the beginning stages, before it took off, I seen him in church every Sunday. He would come to Sunday's service, and not here at this church. It was the church I was an associate pastor at. He would see him Sunday after Sunday, bringing his family. He was reading the word daily, weekly, and he would send me text messages and tell me about all the great things God had did for him. And as I was reading this story of those other nine lepers, I got a revelation on why they didn't return. Perhaps their season wasn't extended as long as the man who came back. Because this gentleman I'm telling you about, he called me recently and tell, told me how blessed his business was. And I asked him, I said, well, where's God in all of the equation? Do you still go to church? And he's like, I love God, but I don't have time to go to church. You know what I found out? If Satan can't corrupt you, he will crown you. God will never interrupt himself. If you remember anything else that I say today, there are people who say to me, well, I don't have time. I have to work. I can't work because, uh, excuse me, I can't go to church because I have to work. Now, let me just tell you, I don't want to throw or vomit my convictions on you. But if I can't show up to church because of what my job has scheduled me, either I won't be at that job very long or God's going to have to shift them some things for me because God must be first. Look at somebody and say, he must be first. It's quiet in the Presbyterian church this morning. God must be first. Amen? Say, he must be first. The way back to God's heart is through thanksgiving. And this man who returned to Jesus and gave thanks, everybody say he returned. He came back. He was grateful. He was thankful. He knew, God, you were the only one that could do this in my life. He was thankful. Number three. Your thankfulness is recorded in heaven. It says, so Jesus answered and said, were there not 10 cleansed? He wasn't even excited about the one coming back just yet. He was more concerned about the pers those persons who were not thankful. And so heaven records and weighs our heart as to whether or not we are thankful to God for what we do have. Listen to this. So Jesus answered and said, were there not 10 cleansed, but where is the nine? Were there not any found who returned to give glory to God? Jesus doesn't keep records of wrong as the blood of Jesus was spilled out for that, right? He doesn't keep records of wrong, but he keeps records of unthankful hearts. He recognized who didn't come back. Before he even acknowledged the one, 
He said, where are the nine? Where are the people who are supposed to be thankful for what I've done in their life? Was I not worthy for them to return and give thanks to me, the God who puts food on their table, the God who puts breath in their lungs, the God who gave them a roof over their head and clothes on their back? Was I not worthy? He thought about the nine before he acknowledged the one. And so Jesus' main message was forgiveness. Let's all admit that. Everybody say forgiveness. Forgiveness Forgiveness of sins. And the religious people hated him for it. And there was this one scenario where a religious leader brought a woman to Jesus who was caught in adultery in the very act of it. Everybody remember that story. And according to the law, this woman deserved death by stoning. Stoning was their method for execution. And so as these Pharisees and these Sadducees go and they find this woman in the very act of adultery, they bring this woman in the midst of Jesus and his disciples and they all pick up stones and they're all questioning Jesus. Should this woman be stoned? What say ye, teacher, King James Version? And he says these famous words, You who are without sin, cast the first stone. Throw a stone at her first, other versions say. So Jesus didn't keep any records of wrongs, but he kept record of the unthankful heart. These men were not thankful people. These nine lepers, they were unthankful people. Say unthankful. Jesus, why am I saying, why am I talking about this woman who got caught in the very act of adultery? Because Jesus keeps record of what brings you closer to him, not what keeps you away. If Jesus would have had the woman executed, the woman would have died and would, her soul would have been eternally lost. He didn't keep record, he removed the record. Everybody say, He removed the record. But he highlighted that she, and look how thankful she was. And then he gets up from the ground and, she, and he says, woman, where are your accusers? And do you know the Bible records that she followed him the rest of her days and served his ministry the rest of the time that Jesus was on the earth. So thankful hearts draw the Lord closer to us and it draws us closer to him. Last one, stand to your feet. I got five more minutes. Give me five more minutes. Lastly, I want to talk about Thanksgiving's reward, and that's the name of this message this morning, Thanksgiving's reward. In Luke chapter 17, verse 19, it says this, and he said unto him, arise, go thy way, thy faith has made thee whole. Everybody say whole. Whole means complete. That means lacking nothing. If we don't have the new, if we have the New King James version, I'd like that put up in the in the New King James. It says made well. In the King James version, it says his faith has made him whole. Everybody say whole again. I want you to notice something. This is a powerful truth. If you just backtrack at the beginning of those verses that I read. It says at first that Jesus said to them, go show yourselves to the priests. And so it was as they went, they were what? Cleansed. Cleansed. 
not whole, cleansed. The nine were cleansed. Now, you know as well as I do, if you take a bath, you can get dirty again. You, you know, there are some people in the church, you'll see them get healed, and weeks later, they're sick again. They got cleansed. They didn't get whole. Wholeness means it doesn't come back. That means whole, lacking nothing. Everybody say whole. So, so what am I trying to say here? This one leper that came back, Jesus says, your faith has made you whole. But the other nine, they were only cleansed. They weren't made whole. A thankful heart opens the door to greater degrees of blessing in your life. Do you see that? The one leper who returned to Jesus to give him thanks received more, not because God loved him more, because God loves us all equally, but he received a greater measure of blessing in his life because he was thankful. Do you have a thankful heart this morning? Do you want to be cleansed? In other words, do you want to experience measures of God's blessing in your life? Or do you want to experience the abundance of God's blessing in your life? Here's what I found. And here, here's how I know and how I've experienced God's favor and his blessing. By maintaining a thankful heart. This is going to challenge some of you. I was thankful when I was on the streets. I was thankful when I was going through the most difficult seasons in my life. I was thankful when I thought God had forsaken me because the thankful heart eventually gets whole. Listen to what Proverbs says. Proverbs 17, verse 22. A merry heart, a thankful heart, a merry heart does the soul good like medicine. But a broken spirit dries up the bones. Listen what this Passion Translation says. A joyful heart or a cheerful heart, a thankful heart brings healing to the leper. Healing to both the body and the soul. But the one whose heart is crushed struggles with sickness and depression. Those guys got cleansed, the nine but the Bible doesn't say they were whole, I can almost guarantee you they were only cleansed and maybe they only maintained their healing for a year or so. Because it says a thankful heart, a cheerful heart will bring wholeness. They kept their, the one kept his, he kept his healing. Why? Because of a thankful heart. This Thanksgiving season, for what God has done, for where he has brought you, for what he's going to do in your life. Be thankful for what he's going to do. Expect him to do amazing things. So the point I'm trying to make is that the person who has an encounter with Jesus simply gets blessed. However, the person who stays thankful stays blessed. 
The person who encounters this one encounter with Jesus, like that man who experienced blessing after starting his business, going to church. But when he experienced an encounter with Jesus, his business got blessed, he walked away. That's all he'll ever get, just blessed. But if you wanna stay blessed, maintain a thankful heart this holiday season. And that's my prayer for each and every one of you that God would give you a thankful heart, that he would give you eyes to see the amazing things that he's done in your life. I silence every voice of the enemy that would try to say, God is not good. God does not love me. That, that blindness that would uh, interrupt your view from being able to see God's hand in your life. And I just pray, Lord, you would give us all a thankful heart this morning. Let us be overwhelmed with your goodness, with your graciousness towards us, Lord. Thanks so much for joining us. We hope this message impacted you today. If you'd like to support Ascension Christian Center, simply go to ascensionchristiancenter.com and click the gift tab or text ACCFL to 77977. Interested in hearing more? Check back weekly for new messages. Have a great day.